Hey, real quick, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming conference that you might be interested in attending. It's the Joy in the Home Marriage and Family Conference featuring Todd as the guest speaker. It takes place Saturday, September 17th at Foothills Community Church in Marble Hill, Georgia. Hey, that's my church. The conference will start at 5.30 p.m. with dinner provided just prior to the conference at 4.30 p.m. by Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I told him to do that just to get up Todd's nose. So if you live in the North Georgia area or you just want to make the drive, make your plans now to attend on Saturday, September the 17th by going to foothillscommunitychurch.org to get all of the details and your tickets. We can't wait to see you. And now, our British friend. Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Every once in a while, we got to religious people. There are 720 churches in Charlotte. I'm sure we can find one where you can stuff your face. Shut up. Quit pointing out the problem. Men will be proud, arrogant, abusive. You watch some of today's rock star pastors, and you will see every characteristic Paul listed played out in vivid detail on the church stage. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we're off. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, I love, love, love it when you send anything wretched, stories, sermons, articles, whatever. If it's wretched, please send it to idea at wretched.org. All right. We start for, uh, with Amy, who uh, who says, Todd, is it wrong or sinful to have a baby shower for an individual who is expecting a baby with her boyfriend? Or how about congratulating them? When they reveal the news to you that they are expecting. Yeah, I understand why you feel because am I endorsing their lifestyle? I, in this case, I, I just don't think so. I think we celebrate the life of a child entering into the world. That is a good thing. Christians have a positive view, view of human beings. Yeah, totally depraved, but they're going to do good things. They're going to contribute furthermore, even if they turn out to be a complete sluggard. They glorify God one way or another. So we celebrate the birth of children. A lot of people would like to put a cap on that. And by the way, Jimmy, did you see this statistic in Great Britain? More children born out of wedlock than to a married couple. First time in in recorded history. I did not see that, but it doesn't surprise me. That is a very, very bad thing. (laughs) That is a terrible thing for our society, family, children, those are good, positive things. So I think you can celebrate that. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll even go a step further because I don't think that you're endorsing their lifestyle in that context. But how's about this scenario? A young lady in your church who's not married gets pregnant. Now what do we do? I think keeping all of our ologies in mind and considering that we think that kids are a good thing, we do want to celebrate, we do want to support, but we don't want to be giving the impression that it wasn't a sin that needs to be dealt with. So I think communication is the key. If if you've got this situation in your church, we're going to be having a bridal shower because 
this woman and maybe this man have repented. We are going to celebrate life. So make sure that everybody understands, hey, look, yeah, we know that it was a sin, but they've repented. They're forgiven. Now let's go to the shower and send your emails to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one is from Anthony. Todd, I know this may be a weird question, but is it sinful to put a small amount of money into a fantasy football league where the winner takes the pot? Depends about your heart. I'm of the opinion that when you put a few pennies in matchsticks in in a poker game, because it, it just makes it a prize. If, if we're not talking about a, a, a substantial amount of money here, when you say, well, what's the difference between three pennies and $30 or $300? I think the issue is stewardship. It is also a get-rich-quick scheme. It, it's, it's, it, it's something that creates covetousness in our heart, or it's a manifestation of covetousness. But having said that, I, you're playing a game of tennis. Okay, tell you what. Dairy Queen to the winner. I I just don't think that's gambling. Watch your heart on these issues. But speaking of lottery tickets, I think that is a gambling scheme. And it also is one that's I I even I even you can't help but feel when the jackpot gets to like a billion dollars. And sometimes it actually does where you're like. Well, it is true. Somebody has to win. No, 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 Friel. No, no. I, I I get it, but I also get what that stirs up inside of us. And it's like, oh, I could win. Oh, what I would, oh, wouldn't it be great? If, and it can be idolatry. I just think that lottery money can be better spent. If nothing else, give it to your local church. Much better investment. And send your emails to idea at wretched.org. All right. Say, uh, say no and no. No and no. All right. You just answered the next question. All righty then. <laughs> this is from Gerald. Todd, I hope you can help with this from an outside perspective. Can a Pado-Baptist and a Credo-Baptist function under the same roof in a church setting? And can you have a board of elders with both views on it? Well, you can function just not well. <laughs> <laughs> this is an issue that I think couples that are dating, considering marriage, need to get sorted. If you're a Baptist, you're dating a Presbyterian. First of all, you should take them to the book of Acts to show that faith always precedes baptism. But besides that, you should get it worked out. What are you going to do when you have kids? You're going to get into a fight. What are you? Well, we'll just dedicate them. No, I want to get them baptized. But that's not baptism. It doesn't have faith. You are going to have yourself big problems. And I think the same thing is true in the context of a local church. That if your statement of faith allows for both, oh, yay. I, th- I think your church needs to say we are either Presbyterian or we are Baptistic in nature. We're either Pado or Credo, and that is the line. Now, having said that, could a Presbyterian join that church and serve in that church in some capacity? And the answer is yes, but I do think that there should be some rules with that. And by the way, this goes both ways. Uh, I'm a Credo Baptist guy. Let's say we move to whatever town and the only decent church is Presbyterian. Okay, I'm going to go there. And I would expect the Presbyterian elders to say, so understand that you have the right biblical position that we should only baptize people with faith. If you try to spread that around here, it's going to be a problem. We are Presbyterian in nature. We believe in paedo baptism. So we'd love for you to join, but... 
it can't become an issue that divides our church or we start to lose people or we start getting into arguments over this. Are you okay with that? And if I say, yes, I will respect that, then you can join the church and you can serve. And that goes both ways on that street. It is an issue that while I grant you, it is a secondary issue. In other words, if you've biffed it on the subject, it's it's not a primary issue unless, of course, you believe baptism is a necessity for salvation, that you don't get saved till you get baptized or you're not saved unless you do get baptized. Hold on. That's suddenly now an essential because it's a gospel issue. It is a salvation issue. But for most situations, it's a difference of opinion on a secondary level. But because of the practical outworking of those two secondary views, I just don't see how you can have both of them on equal footing in a church. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. How did I do on the on the baptism question, Jimmy? You did okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I just I just think it's it's. And it, when this shouldn't, if, if you are, if you have to, and I hear from folks, it's like, well, you know, I, I'm not Presbyterian, but it's really the only good church. I say go join, but zip it because you, you don't want to become a member of a church and be the troublemaker. <laughs> That's all. As far as like in there, elders, um, maybe that could work, but I think the same rules would have to be in place. You can, but you're not going to be promoting what we disagree with. All righty then. Thanks, Jimmy, for that hearty affirmation. <laughs> right. This one comes from uh, Mike, uh, Mr. 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 Friel. Is it okay to pay musicians who are not members of the church to come play instruments for worship? Yeah, I I don't think that's wise. N- not I, I. There are some there are some roles inside of the church, some chores. Uh, let's let's say you're a, you've got a property and you hire a lawn crew because you aren't commanding your teenagers to take care of it for you and you hire it it doesn't it that's it's just you're hiring it for a function you need a plumber so you hire a plumber you don't need a statement of faith from them to do the plumbing but worship ain't plumbing worship is actually a part of what is regulated when it comes to worship that God wants to be praised. So it is in and of itself, the very nature of it is it's not a performance. They're, if we go with worship lead, they're leading worship in that they're conducting the worship. They are worshiping. And so to ask somebody to come in and play stuff, uh, 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 I don't, I don't think it's kind to them because they're doing something for pay that they don't believe in. And furthermore, I think that it, it overlooks the giftedness of a local church. There are mega churches. They hire pagans all the time to make sure because, hey, if you're going to do Guns N' Roses for your opening worship song, you better have somebody who is hot on a stick. I don't know if that's the lingo that they you better have somebody slash like I think that was his name or was it stash? At any rate, they need to have a wailing guitar player. Was Waylon a good guitar player? I think he was. My musical references are falling. Jimi Hendrix. Furiously short. So you hire Jimi Hendrix to come because you really wanted to cook. They do that all the time. Instead, might I suggest inside of the body, people who are professing believers with the giftedness that they have, do the best worship that you can do. 
And we should all understand that you're a smaller church. You don't expect it to sound like a, a, a larger church. Use the folks who are in your church to perform the functions of the church. And boy, especially when it comes to worship. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon, was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering free, loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched hey thanks for listening to wretched radio today here's a fun fact did you know todd also hosts a daily tv program yep that's right wretched tv is a daily 30-minute program containing live witnessing encounters conversations about tough theological issues and like a jillion other things and you can find wretched tv pretty much everywhere it's airing on over 135 christian tv networks you'll also find the show on streaming services like roku american gospel tv answers in genesis tv amazon fire tv and as always the very trustworthy and reliable wretched.org this of course is only possible because of our gospel partners it's through their kindness and generosity and commitment to the gospel that we're able to reach millions of people all over the world every year and so can i ask you to please pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel equip the saints and strengthen the local church you can find out more about becoming a wretched gospel partner at wretched.org slash donate How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable biblical health sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works. And the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, Love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Gregory of Nyssa was an opponent of Arianism at the Council of Constantinople in 381. He wrote a book called Not Three Gods, explaining that there is one God in three persons. Each member of the Trinity is fully God with all the divine attributes, yet each member of the Trinity is a distinct person. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Would you hire a pagan preacher? 
This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, I was just thinking about the question about hiring musicians who aren't believers to perform worship. Uh-huh. Why not a pastor? Look, he's a good orator. And and he really does a great job. And he doesn't believe any of it, but he can preach. You go, no, no, that's not right. Uh, and I think the same thing is true with somebody in the worship band, the worship team. If they're not a believer, they're not a part of what you're doing. It also betrays, and it doesn't surprise me that these big squish bomb mega churches have performance artists who are unbelievers participate in their worship. It's just a low view of church. This is the assembling of the saints. This is also a methodological issue that we think we have to, we better have like kicking music or what? Or what? Well, people, you know, they won't enjoy it. Bingo. There's a problem right there. Because worship music isn't there for me to enjoy, per se. It is there for me to worship God. And so I think hiring pagans to do active roles, especially in the worship service, yikes. What a low view of the local church that represents. Please send your questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. Pagan pastors. Why not? They're really good. I can name a few. Yeah, they're (laughs) Oh. Off the top of my okay, so I'm not sure I'm supposed to share this or not. I don't know that this isn't a state secret. It's not like I have classified documents that I'm sharing here. Because what's your address? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Working on, we did a video called "The Top Ten Most Evil Books Ever," something like that, and it was like, duh. Why did we just pick pagan books? <laughs> I was about some Christian books. So I, I started going, okay, if we did a top 10 list, what what years? And I realized there are so many stinkers from the 20th, 21st century, from 2000 on. Ay, ay, ay. And I just put together that. I came up with 11 off the top of my head. I bet I can name number one. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> purpose driven life it's a debate between you, life or church uh, be, because the 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 purpose driven life the gospel presentation was so subpar there is no doubt that people got to page 42 and said just say the simple prayer jesus i believe in you and i receive you congratulations if you just said that prayer you're a member of the family of god mm. It created so many false converts. There's nothing that precedes that information about sin, righteousness, judgment, the cross. I was in Jimmy. Yesterday, we were in a church, a Baptist church, uh-huh. really nice facility. We were They were just letting us use it to do some stuff there. And I can't help it. Maybe you're this way, too. I walked by. There was a there was a rack of like free literature you can take. Ooh, I'm in. <laughs> Let's see what they got here. And one of them was. The gospel or, you know, you know, be made right with God, something like that. I went, well, let's see how this Baptist church does with this. And I turn it over and it starts out with God. This is who he is. We need to know that you've got to know because you've got to understand how high and holy he is to know how low and sinful you is. You've got to understand that. Otherwise, you don't understand hell. Why would he say, come on, I'm not like, you know, Stalin or something. You've got to understand. And they had that. Then they had man. Then they had Jesus. And then they had the response, which included repentance and faith, by the way. Okay, rock on. That's 
There, somebody can get saved from that. Absolutely. What was presented in Purpose Driven Life, I don't think you could. <laughs> no. it, would, it would be despite it, not because of it. And the reason that it would be a debate for me why that was such a bad book for evangelical Christianity is the Purpose Driven Church. Well, supposedly they've trained over a million pastors, yeah. which um, I don't know that I would be bragging about these days when you take a look at the state of evangelical Christianity. It is not a corporation. Jesus is not a product. We gather together as a body of believers to do the most exalted things that human beings can do. Worship God. That is what the local church is about. And I'm afraid the purpose-driven church, boy, a lot of pastors lost their jobs over that. A lot of people lost their churches over that. And the implications from that book, I think they just continue to ripple and ripple and ripple, and it's not been in a productive kind of way. Questions, comments, conundrum snarks, or what you think should be on the top 10 Christian stinker books of all time list. Did you did you have Jesus Calling on there? Of course I did. <laughs> can you not? Yeah. It's true. <laughs> if Jesus calls, hang up because it's probably a demon. <laughs> Might be a better, better. That should be the full title. You know, they used to have longer titles. I can't remember. Uh, it was uh, Rousseau. His disc, they, they shortened the title for a contemporary audience, like Discourses on Man. But it's got 17 more words in the original title. It's phenomenally long. We don't do that anymore because, let's be honest, who of us can pay attention for more than a nanosecond? Not me. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from John, who says, Todd, I was stumped today with the question that someone posed. How can you try and prove the reliability of the Bible by only citing the Bible? Yeah, because it is reliable. It's not. This is not circular logic in a bad way. Circular logic can be bad. You state the point you're trying to make and then use the point you're trying to make to prove the point you're trying to make. That's circular and that's fallacious. But to make a thesis statement, the Bible is the inspired word of God, and to look into its pages to determine it, that isn't circular at all, because the Bible is axiomatic. For instance, if you make the claim the president lives in the White House. Now, I know you might be thinking, actually, I think he's in Mar-a-Lago, but Let's just work with what we've got here. <laughs> the president lives in the White House and somebody objects. I don't think so. I say, let's go to Washington, D.C. Let's mosey by security because that happens these days. And let's go take a look inside the windows. Oh, look, there's the president. I know he's napping, but just trust me. There's the president right there. I have looked into the windows of the White House to prove that it is the residence of the president of the United States. Same thing with the Bible. God wrote this book. Let's look in its pages. It proves God wrote this book. And I do believe that the best way to prove that to people is by using it and preaching it and sharing it. By the way, I'm going to be talking on that subject. It's October. Oh, it's 11 or 12. It's up in the in the lovely area, the Hilton Head, South Carolina. Wow, that is a gorgeous part of this country. I get to be there for a conference. Very excited about that. Going to be talking about this very subject, how we reason with people from the scriptures. 
You can learn more about that event at wretched.org slash speaking stuff. schedule. Speaking. Is that what it is? Yeah. You're making it up. <laughs> no, I'm, not. I'm just now looking at it okay. to make sure your date was right. And then, Jimmy, yes. I get to be at your church. You do. In September. Uh, that's right. All right. What? What is that? The 17th? Do I remember that right? Uh, I'll be there. I'll get it right. September 16th, 17th. Okay. One of the two. 16th or 17th. It's a Saturday. Come join us. It, I, I, um, I think the, the former one that I mentioned in South Carolina, you just need to register. I think it's, I think it's free. Oh, and by the way, HB uh, Charles is going to be at that event. I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. But then when we are in the boondocks, I'm sorry, at Jimmy's church, <laughs> what town is that in? Uh, uh, Marble Hills. <laughs> it's, you say, I haven't heard of Marble Hills, Georgia. <laughs> you will you and everybody else but <laughs> oh, come on. it's a lovely it's a lovely part of the world and it's, i believe we're gonna have dinner yes and you know what they're serving zaxby's nope no i i made them serve chick-fil-a just no! to, just to bug you but see now this is like oil and water <laughs> being a spokesperson for zaxby's and all okay <laughs> i should be but we're gonna have chick-fil-a yep and then we're gonna talk about marriage and parenting Right. And having a more joy-filled home. Can't wait. So if you'd like to join us, I do believe that those are tickets yes. there. Foothills Community Church. Yeah. Dot org. Yeah. And my understanding, I heard from Charlie Parrish, the pastor. Mm-hmm. Is it true that they put up a billboard for that event? They put up a billboard for the event. They put they have a banner out front of the church. Good on them. With my face on it, not yours. Good on them. I can assure you, yeah. if you want to bring somebody who's not saved, that would be super cool. Because uh-huh. Needless to say, we're going to be talking about the gospel <laughs> because if talking about marriage. That's what you talk about. And H.B. Um, Charles won't be at this one, but but I will. Bah. Well, <laughs> I mean, who could ask for anything more? <laughs> well, we're going to have to get you plugged in. Do you still do that mime routine where uh, you are both simultaneously stuck in a box and walking <laughs> against the wind? That's amazing. I don't know how you pulled that off. I, I can teach them how to moonwalk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Are you are you sure that your uh, your metallic knees and hips can still pull off that assignment? <laughs> no, I'm not Alrighty, sure. Alrighty, then hopefully you can join us in one of those two places. It will be an absolute gas. It is always sweet to get together with brothers and sisters. You can come from anywhere in the country, and it's like sweet. I love you. You love me. We'll be together for eternity. You know, that's not the worst I've ever done. No, no, it's not. It's close, but it's not (laughs) the worst. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, Disney is making headlines again, and it's exactly what you might expect from them. They have just cast a drag queen to appear in the new Disney Plus Marvel series about a teenage superhero. And yet they still want us to believe that they're not attempting to pollute the minds of our children. We believe you, Disney. We really, really believe you. And now we enter the pronoun portion of our newscast. And we'll start with the Globe Theater in the UK, the official home theater of Shakespeare, where it appears that a new play at the theater about the life of Joan of Arc will portray her as using they-them pronouns because everyone knows Joan of Arc was a brave, gender non-conforming heroine of the 1400s. And I think I just called her a her. Oh, nuts, I just did it again. Forgive me, I'm, I'm really not good at this make-believe stuff. 
And from Pennsylvania, the State Department of Education has shared some very important advice with its teachers going into the new school year. Quote, when in doubt, ask students pronouns because children as young as kindergarten might be transgender. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make that up. That's why I said the word quote. They actually claim children as young as three can be transgender. <laughs> okay, listen, take it from someone who's raised three children and three years old. Kids are still eating mud. They're not thinking about this nonsense. Okay, so maybe your kids were more sophisticated than mine and didn't eat mud. But I bet you they didn't lay awake at night depressed over you, the parents, using the wrong pronoun. And former SBC president J.D. Greer... Uh, recently discussed the transgender issue by encouraging, quote, generosity of spirit by using someone's preferred pronouns. For generosity of spirit, you know, it's if, if a transgender person came into, you know, our church, came into my life, I think my disposition would be to refer to them by their preferred pronoun. When we want to talk about gender, I, I will be clear with them on the truth. <laughs> I guess truth only matters if a specific conversation takes place. No, J.D., I'm going to disagree with you on that one. If you had a real generosity of spirit, then you would be burdened for the person who walks into your church with gender confusion. To affirm a sinful lifestyle by lying to that person is not even remotely close to generosity of spirit. And actually, I think this art professor has some very profound advice for Mr. Greer and the rest of the pronoun police. To change everyday common speech? Are you kidding me? What kind of nonsense is this? How dare you, you sniveling little maniac, to tell us how we're going to use pronouns? Go take a hike. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> Important dates in Christian history. 1273. Thomas Aquinas completes work on Summa Theologica, the theological masterpiece of the Middle Ages. Aquinas synthesized faith and reason, incorporating Aristotelian philosophy into his work and provided a theological framework for Catholic doctrine. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Yo, what's up? This is Wretched Radio. That's the number of the old toll free. Want to chat? Okay. Record a message at 1 282 Beep. And don't forget questions, comments, conundrum, snarks, or church signs. I love those. Mr. Creel, Grand Poobah, illustrious potentate of the radio. Like I despise the word adulting. Love what you guys do, and Jimmy needs a raise. Jimmy needs a raise. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy needs a raise. <laughs> I like that guy. That feels a little edited, but <laughs> Jimmy needs a raise. Actually, yes. I think we are meeting on that subject. Oh, we are. I think so. This that month, aren't we? Supposed Are to be doing that? I think it's your anniversary here. Oh, it is my anniversary here. Well, that's when we have those discussions. So I hope you're happy, sir. It's going to happen. <laughs> He's a prophet. <laughs> and as far as the term adulting, yeah, it's um, it's kind of one of those newfangled words that just kind of goes, <sighs> like it's something I can do when I get to it. It's something that's kind of optional. 
or it's I'm just doing a little bit of mature behavior. Not a, not all of it. I'm adulting. Hey, are you mowing the lawn? Yeah, I'm adulting. As soon as I'm done, I'm going back to my video games. <laughs> not, not my favorite term either. And this 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 is a subject that I do think we could as a community, meaning, you know, the church, that we could actually help our young people adult sooner than later. You don't want a toddler doing the edging on your lawn, but getting them to work, getting them to take responsibility, prepare. You know, you used to be an adult at about the age of 12. What happened? Did we just get that much dumber, less mature? No, the expectations when you live in an affluent world, and we do right now, at least right now, I mean, you could argue that because of the inflation. But my point is, when you've got a society where kids don't have to work, when water doesn't need to be toted from the well, when they don't need to be out in the fields, otherwise you're going to starve to death, go hunting, or we're going to die in December. It that You lose that, and you've got a chance for adolescents to be stretched out for forever, and it has been. I seriously, I do believe the last number that I saw regarding being an adult 32. No. Yes. Wow. You go. You Google that. That is. And I'll go back to the phone. One eight seven seven two. You Google. I'm serious. You Google that. When does when does somebody become an adult or when does adolescence end? Something like that. You'll see. Hi, Todd. Quick question. I've always wondered why you use the sign off phrase at the end of your program. Go, sir. You are king. Instead of using the phrase, go serve the king. Because <laughs> Christianity isn't a religion, it's a relationship. And it's about, it's, I just chose that go serve your king. Um, I guess I didn't think it through, but it does make it more, it's, that is your king. That, that this, is, this is our savior. And so I just it feels a little bit more personal than general. I realize it's a sacrificing of the exclusive nature of his kingship and his rule. But I think it's OK. And by the way, where that comes from is from a Clay Cross song. It was not one that was a big hit. I, I don't know how I heard it or why I heard it, but I did hear it. And it was the story of, OK, I got it for you right here. It's the story of a guy who sees a king coming coming to town. And he's asking the question, what would you do for that kind of king? Jimmy, you think we were professionals here? You still Googling adulthood? Yeah, I am. All right. 32? I'm seeing a lot of 25s. Oh. <laughs> That's still ridiculous. Shh. What would you do for a king If he won all the battles He went out to fight And returned as a hero On a starlit night To a cheering crowd Would it make you proud I actually still like this song And what would you do for a king if he kept every promise that he'd ever made, would you get out the ticket tape and lead a parade, a society ball? Or would 
Kings, don't we? Kings always seem to me as such grand, imposing men. So full of stature, full of power. Such great love in everywhere they say. I never thought I was quite the type, but I'd still love to meet one someday. Jimmy, can you understand those lyrics? Yes. For the most, okay. Yeah. Because because otherwise you're just listening to. <laughs> you know, I want to make sure that you can. Yeah. We dig kings. We, we oh we get to you met the kings. Stop it. Yeah. You were at the palace. Did you get to see the king? We love kings. There's a reason for that, because they're a type of the king. So what would you do for the king? Okay, the music was a little hot. Basically, you're a, you're you're in the crowd to see the king, and you're just one, you're just a contributing voice. That's it. He doesn't know who you are. He doesn't know your name. You're just buried in a sea of faces. So what would you do for a king if he saw you fishing out by the sea and he walked up to you and said, "Follow me. It's time you know." He took off his crown and agreed to die. And as she tried to understand it, he looked you in the eye and said, This is for you. All right, Jimmy. Yes. What What's the average age somebody becomes an adult? So it doesn't give me an average age, a specific number, but it says people don't become adults until their 30s, according to scientists. <laughs> so so I, my problem with that is we're letting children then vote and drink alcohol? Yes, that is correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's good. Well, b- hang in there. Pretty soon we're going to let children do pretty much everything. In fact, we insist that they get to choose their own gender because, you know, a child... How capable they are of that. Oofta. Oofta. 30s? 30s? 30s. You've got to be in your 30s to be an adult these days. No, that should not be the way for Christian young people. Rush to adulting. I'm sorry, sir. Adulthood. And please call one 282 beep and leave a message, would you? Hi, Todd. I just wanted to correct your pronunciation in Christian love. It's the city of Iqaluit. 
in Northwest Territories where the graves oh, wow. were okay. found. Ikaluit. Wow. Thank you for that. It's it, it, that was the story where they were going to shut down, sh- take away the nonprofit status of the churches up there because of the graveyards and right. what have you. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not a trend that we're looking forward to, but is most likely to happen, frankly. Hey, God, quick question. If I'm a Christian attending a, a local church, but my wife does not attend with me, biblically, does that disqualify me from being involved in ministry? And granted, I'm not talking about pastoral ministry, just ministry in general. Well, no, but I, obviously there's a lot of unanswered questions here. How come? It could be that she's not a believer. I get that. So I don't think that would keep you from serving in the church, being a member of the church. It means that you're married to an unbeliever. Now, if your spouse attends a different church, that is definitely something that I would get worked out so that you can be in church together, taking communion together, worshiping together, learning together. That, that I think, is something that you should strive for and work for. But, of course, depending on the circumstances, if your spouse doesn't go to church for a valid reason, I don't think that disqualifies you at all. one 282 beep Oh, would you look at what time it is? Church signs! Next on Wretched Radio. 2 Hundred. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches. It became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Have you ever wanted to break bread with Todd? If so, you probably shouldn't. The guy chews with his mouth open. But let me tell you about our newest production here at Wretched. It's called Breaking Bread, and Todd sits down with a special guest each quarter to discuss pertinent issues Christians are facing. Guests like Phil Johnson, Daryl Harrison, Steve Lawson, Justin Peters, Ray Comfort, Tim Challies, and others. Those guys were selfless, and they sacrificed themselves for you. They sat down and broke bread with Todd so you don't have to. You'll be able to view a brand new Breaking Bread each quarter totally free on the Wretched YouTube channel. Hear topics like racism, aging and dying well, shepherding a child's heart, the fear of evangelism, how not to be a discernment jerk, and more were all discussed on Breaking Bread, which is another production made possible by our gospel partners. To learn more about becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner, just visit wretched.org slash donate. And to learn more about Breaking Bread, visit wretched.org slash breaking bread. Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace 
of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved, churches are being built, and yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Master's Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Books of the Bible. Amos was a shepherd called to prophesy during a time of prosperity in Israel and Judah. But this prosperity was accompanied by idolatry, extravagance, and corruption. When you consider the society you live in, Amos declares that God judges societies by his standard of righteousness. He hates all corruption and injustice. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Making turns Yes, we are. You know you love, you love our signs. You know you love it. You love our signs. You know you love Straight it. from the big guy. Oh. We know just what he'd say. Like, oh, maybe come down there. So then we put it on the freeway. Oh. Everybody look up. <laughs> this is Wretched Radio, one 282 beep if you see a church sign. So two days ago, <laughs> the reason that we went to the Baptist church, we were, I quite honestly, I just, I'm a monkey. I just go where they send me and do what I'm told to do. But basically, we were out in front of the church and we wanted, it was, I think I was supposed, I'm supposed to take a sledgehammer to a bad church sign. So the one that I picked was C-H dash dash C-H. What's missing? You are. <laughs> so if I pull up to this church and on the one side, it's got like the beginning of the Lord's Prayer because it's it's a good church. And on the other side, <laughs> they actually put it up for us. C-H dash dash C-H. What's missing? You are. And you know what? I did want to smash it with a jackhammer or <laughs> ball peen. Well, the thing, the sledgehammer. Sledgehammer, thing, the, yeah. one eight seven seven two eight two. Bumper sticker. Oh! God is still in the miracle business. Okay, hold on a second, Jimmy. What? Now, technically, that's not a church sign. It's a rolling church sign. Ah! <laughs> sorry about that. What is it? Bumper sticker. God is still in the miracle business. Yeah? And what are you trying to communicate there? And how could that potentially be received? Bumper sticker theology is tricky. You see big ideas smashed into a few words all the time. When you're behind that Subaru and it says love, love is the answer. When It's like, okay, what ideology is behind that? And the answer is romanticism. It's a it's a feelings driven sentimental worldview, but it is a worldview. So I'm a I'm a pagan. I'm driving down the road. God's still in the miracle business. You know my elbow. All right, all right. Fix this. Oh, he didn't. Oh, okay. I guess I, I guess I need to go to Bethel in Redding, California, or something like that. But what is what is what does that tell somebody? Now, having said that, is God still in the miracle business? Yes, he most certainly is. The fact that I'm standing up, that's a miracle. All, all, of, all of life is God's handiwork. Sometimes I think we forget that normative really isn't without God. 
you walk, you talk, you eat. And it's like, well, that's that's not a miracle. Well, okay, I guess technically it's not a miracle because it's not operating outside of the bounds of the laws of nature, if you will. But if God doesn't empower it, if he's not the one sustaining and keeping, um, you ain't doing nothing. The first encouraging church sign I have seen in a long time. Good. True freedom. Hey, wait. Should we save this for the end, Jimmy? So after we get beat up by a bunch of rotten ones. That's what we're going to so that we can kind of end it on a hopeful note. Yeah, that's a good idea. All righty then. Church signs. Exercise daily. Walk with the Lord. That would be a physical fitness pun. That's what you got right there. Exercise. We can do better than that. Exercise. Case walking. Okay, walking is good. It's, you know, you get your steps in. There's a phrase, by the way. You don't like adulting? Get your steps in. That's another one. Oh, we got to park over there. Oh, that's okay. We'll get our steps in. All right, fine. We got to do some more. I got to check my watch and see how many steps I took today. Otherwise, wait a second. I've got a call coming through on my wrist. One moment, please. How could we do something better than exercise daily? Walk with the exercise daily. Keep running your race. Oh, (laughs) you win. One eight seven seven two eight two. Church signs, religion puts you in bondage, but faith alone in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ will set you free. Yeah, that's that's true, but Christianity is a religion. The word has a number of elements that that, that criteria that must be met. An organized system, a statement of beliefs, ceremonies rituals. Now, we're not ritualistic, but we take communion regularly. We see people getting baptized regularly. We worship regularly. So really, we are a religion. So uh, that tends to be used because I think the general understanding is religion is just automatically bad. No, it's not. The Jewish system is a religion. And Jesus is merely the fulfillment of everything that religion was pointing to. And it doesn't mean that he obliterated all sorts, all all of the elements that make it a religion. They're still, they're different, but they're still there. So don't let yourself be bludgeoned by somebody who says Christianity is a religion. Or we even hear this one. Christianity isn't a religion. It's a relationship. Now, that's sort of what that church sign was was basically saying, not as pithily, but was saying that I'm big on that. I still like the idea of being a Christian means you are in a close personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is not a dead religion. This is an alive deity that we worship. And he actually desires and makes a way for us to know him and commune with him. So we do want to retain the idea that it is a relationship, but I don't think we want to throw out religion with the bathwater. one 282 Church time. Sin is a short word, but a long sentence. Yeah. Okay. See, it's a little bit punny, this feeling inside, but at least it has some snap to it. Sin is a sh- what? Is, sin is a short word, long sentence. Right. Okay, I, th- I think you can go over the line, and they can be, without context, perhaps appear to be unreasonable. 
But I like a threatening church sign (laughs) because mostly pagans are driving by and they need the fear of the Lord. Church sign, would you do it if God was next to you? Because he is. Ah. Wait, that's pretty good. (laughs) No, actually, it's not. Have we forgotten what the subjunctive mood is? Do we do we not know that it's if God were standing <laughs> next to you? Church sign. Would you do it if God was next to you? No, no. If God were next to you, it's called the subjunctive. And we used to teach that in schools before we decided to teach them about the nightmare stuff that we are teaching them these days. I have an article in my stack. And I'm never gonna I'm never gonna read it to you because I can't sanitize it. It's a description of what is taught at each grade level in public schools. I, I won't I won't use those words. I will I don't use those words with my wife. I I I struggle to use those words if I'm ever counseling somebody. It's like <laughs> and yet that's what we're teaching our children these days, instead of the subjunctive mood. What a loss. Church sign, sign changer too lazy, go to church for message. Wait, sign, what did, sign changer, what? Sign changer's too lazy, go to church for the message. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're telling me to go to church. Okay, it's not like punny, so thumbs up-ish. Church sign, fingers wanted in Choir within. Oh, no. <laughs> I remember this one. I got laughed at this one. <laughs> <laughs> Singers wanted in choir within because it's in C-H-O-I-R. Instead. We get it for real. Church synagogue sign. <laughs> Life is a long lesson in humility. That's kind of a Christless statement, which you'd kind of <laughs> expect from a synagogue. Our, our out view on, on life isn't that bleak. We're, 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 we're not like Solomon studying vanity, vanity, all is vanity. And, and we don't learn humility just by being kicked around. That's not how we should learn. We do. Don't get me wrong. Because maybe even as an adult you, with your kids, you've said, yeah, just wait until life kicks the tar out of them. They'll be, they won't be so. <laughs> yeah, it does that. But I don't think that's the way the Christian is supposed to learn humility. The way that I have learned humility is absolutely the best way to do it. That's how you should learn humility. All right, Jimmy, we've got ourselves an encouraging church uh, sign. Been waiting. <laughs> Here we go. The first encouraging church sign I have seen in a long time. True freedom is from all sin. True. Oh yeah, great, great. Love that. That's a. There's your fourth of Fourth of July church sign right there. True freedom. If the sun has set you free, you are free indeed. Hey, there's a. Now we've written two church signs. Patriotic church signs. We need to start a website. Not really. It's not about <laughs> patriotism. It's about freedom and liberty. If the sun has set you free, you are free indeed. And maybe just maybe you need a reminder that that statement is still true. That you are still feeling dirty. You are still feeling a bit unclean. Your memories haunt you. The sun has set you free. Believe that, and it will, by the way, 
humble you and it will give you exceeding joy that surpasses all understanding. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>